0: Song that's from a group named Truth that I got a chance to, to hang around with and be with in the in the 90s and I got mentored by their founder um, Roger Breeland I count him as a great friend and mentor in my life and when they came out with that song that song just really stuck with me and um, we're gonna play it at the end of the service the entire song so if you're still around you'll hear the whole thing but it talks about how we can pass people on the street every day and not ever really listen to them or what's going on. And the song comes from the scripture in Romans 10 and it says in verse 13 it says for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14 how can they call on him to save them unless they believe on him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? How can they hear about him, God, Jesus, unless someone tells them? I want you to think to the part, back to the time when you got saved, and the person who's most responsible for you coming to Christ. So for me, it would be my mom. My mom took me to Church every Sunday. Our family went to church every Sunday, but my mom was a single mom and she did the best job she could. I I think I turned out kind of all right, but you know, I know that's up for debate. But um, that makes me laugh. Um, But she would be the person that I would point to. But who's that person in your life that you would say, Maybe you're like me, you was raised in church, and then someone was like the responsible. Or maybe you got saved after the fact, that maybe you'd lived a little bit longer in life, and someone showed some intentionality, and they sowed into your life, and it came to the day that you said, okay, today's my day. And you stepped into the path that is Christianity, that is God having a say in your life. You surrendered your life to God. Think about that person. Can we just take a moment to just think about that person, and just honor them. Because without that, our lives would be so different. Because you see, there's the greatest thrill in the entire world of leading someone to Christ. How will they know unless someone tells them? And when you're that person, and you walk through all the steps with them, and that day comes... It's like you're the one who's accepting Christ because you feel so amazing. This life transformation is happening. there. But for you, it's amazing. Pastor Chris Hodges says, I'm not sure that there's a bigger thrill in all of Christianity than knowing that you played a role in someone's eternal destiny changing. Eternal destiny changing. See, we see the experience of an abundant life, and we've talked a lot about that in the last few weeks. And God coming in, and Jesus like, I didn't come for you just to exist and just to have a life, but I've come that you have an abundant life, that you enjoy life, that it's wonderful, it's thrilling for you, and that you experience the most that I have. But that's here. But even the greater thing, that they you're changing their eternal destiny. Luke 15.10 says, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents, over one person who comes to God. I want you to remember that. We'll come back, just like tuck that into your memory. And for one, so all of heaven's throwing a party when one person says, today's my day. Today is my day. See, we have what people are looking for. People all around us have struggles. They have problems. They have things that are going on in their life, and they don't know where to go. They don't have answers for that. But we have the answer. It's God. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18 says, All of this is a gift from God. Salvation, surrendering your life and letting him give you abundant life. That's a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. God gave us a gift and now it says He's given us this task. Task sounds like work, doesn't it? God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. This is God's plan. See, Jesus could just show up at the end of everyone's bed, put a 15 foot angel and go, ah, 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 and you're like, ah, and you know, He's got all these things going on. He could do all of that if He wanted to. He could just suspend in the middle of the sky and just everything and just shut everything. He would do anything he want to, but he's not into sensationalism. This is his plan. He's given us this task. Verse 19, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. He went ahead. He did it for us. No longer counting people's sins against them. That's great news. That's the greatest news. Everybody knows they got mistakes. Everyone knows where they've messed up. Everyone knows it's like, oh, I wish i had have done that. I wish I'd have made those decisions. Oh, well, why? I don't want anybody to even know that. We say, we got skeletons in the closet and we try to keep our back on that wall. Like, don't go in that closet. I want you to know what's in that closet. We all know we've got that thing. So he's no longer counting sins. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. See, it's God's plan. Verse 20, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. Come see the man that told me. Come see the man who changed my life. And I don't know about you, but my life is completely different because of the decision that I made on April the 5th i can not tell you what year because then you'll have a better idea how old I am today on my birthday. But my life was changed. But you see, we are making his appeal. This is his plan through us. It's us. We are his plan. Come back to God. Come to God. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Everyone to have that transformation in their life. See, God says, you sow, you reap. If you make bad decisions, you're going to have bad consequences. It's like, he's not slow in keeping that. You just don't understand his timetable. Instead, he's patient with you. Colossians 4, 5 says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders or strangers or people who aren't around you. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. Can I suggest to you that we have opportunities that sometimes we miss? That we don't see all the opportunities that God is giving us. I want to tell you a story of what happened to my wife, Lenore, this week. She went to get some um, papers from the doctor that the attorneys are needing from Medical History of Viv, and she had to go and get all this stuff, and they wouldn't give it to her. They wouldn't email. They wouldn't fax it. She had to physically go there. So she plans this time. She goes down there. She's hurrying to get this done and to get to work and just all this stuff. She gets there, and they told her where to go, and she gets in there, and it's the wrong place. And she's like, what? They're like, no, it wasn't this one. It's this one. So then they showed her. You got to walk over to that building. So she walks over there. She gets in there she's having difficulty, she sets down, she puts her name on the list, and as soon as she sets down that new building, all of a sudden she starts feeling God inside of her stirring up. She goes, oh, 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 I know what this feeling is. She starts looking around. Who's that a person? Who's the divine appointment? Who's this person that God has sent me for? And there's a lady sitting across the table from her. If I'm telling this wrong, you can correct me. But she says, ma'am, do you know God? <laughs> If you know Lenore, she's like, just right out there. And she's like, well, yes, I do. She goes, can I pray for you? Because I, I, I just believe God just started something inside me. I want to pray for you. Grabbed her hand and just prayed blessings over Nothing, you know, life-changing. I mean, it is, but it's nothing like, you know, the heavens didn't open up. You know, there's not writing on the wall or anything. It's just, she was a blessing to her. The lady came back to her later and said, thank you. You don't ever know. They called Lenore's name. she get up there. It was the wrong place. It was actually the place she was at before. But you see, God arranged all of these opportunities for her to be there at the right time. We all have these circumstances. We all have these opportunities. But do we recognize them? Can we make the most of every opportunity? So I want to encourage you. There's some things. If you're taking notes, there's a couple things you can write down here. Number one, be intentional in relationships. Be intentional. Don't let it just happen to you. Don't let it just whatever it is going to be, but be intentional. Choose where you eat at your restaurants, where you go out to eat. Make it planned out. Don't just be um, whatever. I personally eat at the same restaurant every night because I have intentionality. I mostly like the food, but sometimes I get tired of food, but I'm not there for the food. I'm there for intentionality. I'm there for making the most of that opportunity. I'm building relationships I, I get to meet all the managers. I know the bus boys. I know the waitresses. I know the hosts. I know some of the the regulars are in there, and they all know me. They don't know me as Pastor Kevin. They don't know as me as a church. They don't know me. They just know that I'm the Uber driver that comes here and eats here every night. But people come over and they pour into my in, into my life, and they ask me questions, and it's like I'm a magnet. God gives me opportunities. I want to make the most of that. Number two, if you're taking notes, find their spiritual spot. Not their soul, not their emotions, not the things they're like, oh, what's the spiritual need that they've got? Usually it's family or relationships. So as these people are coming around me, they're telling me about situations they have with their mom or with their dad or with their sister or with their boyfriend with their husband with their ex-husband. With all, everybody has a relationship problem. They have situations. And when you're there and you find out what that is, you find their spiritual spot, that place that's the most sensitive to them. Number three, add value to them. The church has got a terrible reputation of just taking. They just want everything. They just want everything. You want my money. You want You, just, you want me to work. You just want me to do all this stuff. We want to add value to them. And notice this is all before we've even told anything about God or church or anything. <laughs> add value to them. Find the needs in their life and fix it. What is your need? What is your greatest need right now? Hey, even if it's not something I can help with, man, I'm really going to commit myself to praying for you. I had someone that I found out that she was living in her car. Didn't keep her down. She, if you didn't know, she trusted me with that information. But start praying for that. And someone opened up their house for her, so she has a place to live now. But you got to find out what's really going on in their lives. See, because before we ever get the right to share Jesus, we have to earn that right. I can't just bulldoze into somebody and expect great things to happen. That's been our problem. Number four, understand their world. Tell me, what's it like to be you? I play this game. I say, hey, tell me three things about you that I don't know. This is going to get progressively harder because tomorrow you got to do it again and tomorrow and then, you know. The truth of the matter is I don't remember most of them because I have so many people. But it gives me an insight, and I start to know them. Tell me what it's like to be you. What do you want to be when you grow up? Understand their world. And can I tell you that some of the things that I hear, I go, Oh, <laughs> Uh, okay, that, uh, you know, and and I can't let them know that it's making me go, uh, 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 but that's their life. I have some people that tell me that they don't know what it's like to have a boyfriend because they were raised by two moms. They've only been in relationships with women their entire life. They've never had a male influence in their life. And, And some of them, I'm one of the only guys that they've ever trusted in their life. I'm no one special. I'm just looking the most to make every opportunity. See, then I've got to show them unconditional love. I can't go, oh, well, you know, uh, you're living in your car. Well, you know, that really doesn't fit into my society. So, you know, let me know when you get it together. Or you've got this problem over here. Or or, or you're worried about this situation medically. So you're getting tested and you want me to pray that the tests turn out positive. Well, actually negative, but you know what I'm saying. And unconditional love, absolutely, I'll pray with you about that. Absolutely, I'll give you a hug. Why do we want to give hugs here at Church on the Rock? Why do we not just want to shake your hand and let it be all like, you know, Mr. Business and, you know, all formal and all this stuff? Because we've recognized that everyone has needs. Maslow came up with the hierarchy of needs. It's all true, and we boil it down. I think there's like eight or nine now, but we're going to boil it down to a few of them. One of them is physiological needs. We need touch. We need to to feel loved. If somebody walks over and touches you on your arm or touches you on your back, you know, and they shake you, give you a hug, it's like, oh, that just changed my day. Everyone tells Lenore, she gives the best hugs. I agree, she does. I'm a little bit biased, but... um, but it's not necessarily that Lenore gives amazing hugs. She's looking to make the most of every opportunity. When I'm giving those hugs out as well, I'm hugging those girls and I'm like, God, pray that you just impart something in them every single time. That I'm not amazing. There's nothing great about me. but There's something great about this God, And I want to make the most of every opportunity. The next one is love and affection needs. Another one is fulfillment needs. Everybody has this need for significance. You want to know that you're somebody. That's what we're all looking for, and that's God created us that way. And we're going around. So you can have all the money in the world. You can have the big cars. You can have the big job. You can have the nice clothes. You can have all these great things and not be fulfilled inside because only God can give you true fulfillment. Fulfillment can only come from God. That's why we hug necks. That's why we go out of our way to show physical love and physical intentionality with people. We don't want to just be a church that shakes hands and it's just all formal. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 5 says, The Lord has assigned to each of us this task. That sounds like work, doesn't it? This task? If I have a task list, that's all the things I've got to do. The Lord is the one who's assigned us this task. Verse 6, I planted, Paul says, the seed, and Apollos came by and watered it, but it was God who's been making it to grow. See, I may be planting a seed, but I may never see the fulfillment of it. Or somebody else may have planted that seed, and I'm coming along and I'm the one watering it. I don't know. You don't know. It is God, though, who is making it all to grow. This is His plan. This is all about what he has called us to do. But can I suggest to you that everyone in our lives, even those who seem the most away from God, the ones he has given me, there is no hope for you. They're all looking for you to fulfill three basic questions. And they'll never tell you this. They probably wouldn't even articulate it or be able to articulate it. But I'm going to tell you, they're all asking these questions. Can you really help me? See, because if, I'm not going to let you in my life and, and hear my problems and really in there. I'm talking about really in there where I can have a voice in your life if I don't think you can help me. Can you help me? Is it the ability? This isn't like, can I go to the bathroom? This is, you know, not a grammar, grammatical um, error thing. This is literally, can you help me? Are you able to help me? Number two, Do you care about me? Do you really care about me? See, they want to know you care about them before they want to hear anything you have to say. Because so many people, yeah, will you pray for me? Yeah, 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 I'll pray about that. They never remember that forever. And you know, because just in the flippant way they say it, they know you're, you're not going to pray about that. Do you care about me? Can I trust you? Can I tell you that most people today don't have someone they can trust? They don't have someone they can tell what's really going on in their lives and trust that it's not going to be spread around everybody in the world they know. It's going to come back and it's going to just be everyone knows their business. Can you help me? Do you care about me? Can I trust you? When we answer these questions without specifically saying, excuse me, okay, let me tell you, you can trust me. And I can help you. And oh, what's the other one? Yeah, I care about you. Yeah, 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 I got all three. Okay, these are all things. No, that's not what I'm talking about. You prove that by your actions. I want you to see a video of Pastor Chris Hodges and him talking about a a situation that he, God, led him into. Because I think God's got me out on the bleeding edge. And sometimes I'm thinking, God, I'm the only one out here. I'm dangling in the wind. It's like, God. And then I hear other people with stories. And I love it. It encourages me. And I want you guys to hear It's about four minutes long, but it's wonderful. So go ahead. One of my favorite stories of someone that I
1: personally led to the Lord was when I was a youth pastor in Colorado Springs. On a Saturday morning, I'm reading the sports section of the newspaper, and on the front page of the Gazette-Telegraph in Colorado Springs, there's a girl making a layup in a basketball game, and I got interested in the article. She's the headline page of the story. And find out she's some high school superstar at at Rampart High School, right there, I live one mile from this school, and she scores. Oh, she averages over fifty points a game. They were the best team in the state. Fabulous. I got interested in the story. Now I've never had this happen before or, or since, and I'm not recommending it to you. But I heard God say, "Go meet her. Go meet her. Just show up." They were in a tournament, state playoff tournament, and I heard God say, "Go meet her. Just go just go meet her." And I had nothing to do that afternoon, so I went. They were at Coronado High School playing a, a tournament all day. And I went and sat in the, in the stands, and she's playing. She scored another 50 games. They're shaking hands with the other team at the end of the game on the court. And I just walk out onto the court, and I said, hey, great game. And she looked at me like a stalker, you know, like, who is this guy? I said, great game. She goes, who are you? And I said, well, I'm a, I'm a youth pastor in town, and, and I, I, wanted to, I just wanted to come see you play. And she, she, she looked at me like I, literally like I was a stalker and ran off the court, never said another word. Like, I miss God on that one. Anyway, but um, they were playing another game, so I sat I sat in the stands again, you know. And now she's on the bench, and she's looking up at me like, I was like, what's up, you know. And um, and they played again. They played another game. She scored another 50-something points. And I walked out there and said, hey, Jenny, great, great game. She goes, what are you doing here? Now, at that point, I think she's going to beat me up. I mean, and she could, actually. And I said, she, uh, I said... I said, well, this is going to sound really odd to you, and I don't mean to, and I hope this is not too spooky, uh, but I saw, the, I saw the newspaper today, and I know this is crazy, but I feel like God wanted me to come meet you, and she said, can we talk? I said, yeah, I'd love to talk, you know, and she goes, well, I'm going to go change. I'll be right back, and she ran off into the locker room. Now, the, the guys are playing, so I'm, I'm back in my little spot and watching. She didn't come out for like 45 minutes. I thought, she ran. She took off, you know, and, <laughs> sure enough, she came back in. I'll never forget this. She had these long uh, basketball shorts and these flip-flops on. She came and sat. And she's sitting over here next, next to me, but she's looking that way as she's telling her story, just rocking. And I'm sitting over here. I'm trying to hear because the game's going on. I'm leaning over. And she said things like, my dad doesn't even come to my games. Why would you want to come? So I'm like, oh, okay. And, um, she, and she just starts talking, just like pouring her soul out most of it about her family and about her parents. And she goes, nobody loves me. She goes, they love me because I score 50 points a game. Nobody cares. If I didn't score 50 points a game, nobody would even know my name. (laughs) I'm like, okay. Well, um," and I didn't tell her about our youth group and I didn't tell her about our church. I said, Jenny, my wife makes the best chocolate chip cookies in the world. And uh, and I live about a mile from your high school. I said, you come by in the afternoon, I'll get Tammy to make some cookies. We'll hang out. She goes, really? I said, yeah. She came, the next, she came the next Monday. And Tammy made cookies. And she came over every day. Every day. <laughs> Y'all, I ain't this big because I like cookies. I'm here because I, I was trying to help Jenny. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> <laughs> I, Things you do for the glory of God. Amen, everybody. And I ate a lot of cookies, played a lot of Nintendo, and played a lot of video games. And we, we would shoot hoops out in the front. And, and at four months of that, four months of cookies and video games, and she said, well, when are you going to tell me about Jesus? I said, well, I don't know. I was just kind of waiting until you are ready. Well, what makes you think I'm not ready? I said, well, by the way, you're talking to me right now. I, I don't think you're ready. And she actually begged me to share Jesus with her. She goes, I want to hear more about this. And, and I, Tammy and I prayed with her to receive Christ right there on our, on our, on our sofa in our living room. And it didn't, it didn't happen for any other reason than we just answered some questions that everybody's asking. Okay, so I just want you to think about that. And this may take years of developing these relationships. Look in my eyes and hear this. But it's so worth it. It's so worth it to be a part of someone
0: making a decision to follow Jesus. Amen, everybody? It is so worth it. The story is my life. This is the stuff that happens to me all the time. Now next week is Back to Church Sunday and we have these little flyers that they sent us. It's a big national agenda they're going on and we've got them printed up with our name and stuff in the back and we're going to have them folded but that didn't happen So, but they're real easy to fold. You can do that pretty easy. You can see it's really obvious. It's really cute and it's wonderful but as we just came out of 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting, a prayer, um, I asked you guys midway into it, to find that person that you're gonna invite, that person that God's called you to really stand in the gap and be intentional with. Can we take the next step and ask them to come? I ask you to maybe make it even bigger than one person, maybe 10 people, but what if we went and just were intentional like a Jenny situation, that we can say, hey, will you come to church with me this, this Sunday? this Saturday. What works best for you? Use this invitation. Now, I want to go really quickly through this, but have you heard the analogy of, would you rather have a million dollars or a penny today that doubles tomorrow and then doubles the next day and doubles the next day and so on? Well, your initial thought, if you're like me, is, I want the million dollars. All right, because i mean, like, that's a penny. I mean, what's a penny? You know, but it really works out that you'll see in just a moment, you make a lot more money. Not that there's ever a scenario that you could do this, but when you understand the multiplication of it. So the first one, if you take one person, now I'm talking about people instead of coins, but one person plus another person. So you just spit intentionality. So you find your Jenny. And, and forget about what day it is, but we're going to look at 30 days, but we'll, we'll jump out of that in a minute. But just think about it. If you just to spend the time to get one person, we now have two. Well, that's not anything life-shattering. I mean, I'm happy about the one. I'm really, really happy about the one. But then the next day, two turns into four. The next day, four turns into Eight. The next day, it turns into 16. The next day, it turns into 32. The next day, it turns into 64. The next day, it turns into 128. Jump down to like day 15. Turns into 16,000. Day 20, turns into 524,000. I know I'm messing you up, Jesse, because I'm, I'm just like jumping all over the place here. Day 20, turns into... Oh, I'm looking at the wrong place here. Turns into a million... 48,576. It keeps going. So day 25. Let's look at day 25. Day 25 is 33,554,432. Day... Let's go to 28. Day 28 turns out to be 268,435,465. Day 29... Five hundred thirty-six million eight hundred seventy thousand nine hundred twelve, and day thirty, it turns out to be one billion seventy-three million seven hundred forty-one thousand eight hundred twenty-four. You could see the math. The next day, it would be two billion the next day it'd be four billion and before you know it we are talking about more people than there are actually living on the earth right now but it all started with one remember when i said hold on to that thought in the beginning it says the angels throw a party when one person gives their heart to the lord when one person decides to give god a chance and jump into that so this is on a 30-day net now i I don't really think that it's possible that we're going to start this and we're going to accomplish this in 30 days. But what, what if it was a month? What if each one of these was a month? 30 months? If we just put intentionality for a month, what about if we did it? Let's just throw it out even bigger. Let's say it took us a one year of intentionality. Pastor Chris spent four months with Jenny. What if it took one year for us to get one person just showing love to him? How many times do I have to listen to the story about how your boyfriend did you wrong? How many times do I have to hear about somebody who stole all of your data and just, they messed you over? If I have to hear that story, I I see you coming, I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, I've got a bigger vision than my annoyance with your story again because you're my person. You're the one that I'm trying to make the most every opportunity to if it took me a year to see that person come to Christ and the next year I'm talking about a real solid conversion that they are like on fire God does some amazing things in their life so now they're turning around and now they're the two so now they're going and finding another person you're finding another person so that two turns into four and that four turns and say it takes another year to do that in 30 years what could we do to affect our community? If we really focused on this, in 23 years, we could reach the entire Metroplex. Just one, one little church, starting out with one person. I'm not really worried about the big numbers that are down here. I'm not even worried about the little numbers that are here. Can I suggest to you that God is concerned about every single one? We're not looking to say, wow, look how big and great we are. Look at how many services we got going on, how much money we got in the bank, all these big buildings. It's not about any of that. It's about the angels rejoice when one person accepts Christ. You see, there's one people all inside of this. And the parties that will get thrown in heaven when we just step out. But can I take you back to one of the first scriptures that we read? That this is God's plan. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through. Can I ask you to put you in there? Through me. We speak for Christ when we say, hey, next Sunday is back to church Sunday. Would you be interested in coming to church with me? We speak for Christ when we say, will you come? We speak for Christ when we say, tell me, what's it like to be you? We speak for God Almighty when we say, how's your day going? See, because this is his plan. This isn't my plan. This isn't a plan for every church. This isn't a plan for anything. This is God's plan. Will you bow your heads with me? God, you're so all about numbers that you dedicated a book in the Bible and named it Numbers. You told Moses... To go out and do a census and to count everybody who was in the children of Israel. Lord, you knew every one of them. You knew how the number was. Your word says you know every hair on our head. This wasn't for you to have this information, it's for Moses and the leaders to have the information. You care about every single one. God, we count those things that are important. Lord, I pray that I'm super challenged by this, and I pray that everyone that's in the sound of my voice, whether they're in the room right now or whether they're watching the stream live, whether they're listening to the podcast or watching the video after the fact, however they're hearing this message, that they're equally as challenged and convicted as I am, that we make the most of every opportunity. But Lord, we earn the right before we let them know who we're an ambassador for. That Lord, I prove that I can be trusted, that I really care about them, and that I'm truly just interested in them. Lord, I love the story of Pastor Chris and Jenny and Tammy and Chris just really just pouring into that girl and Lord, how her life was changed like my life was changed. God, that's what I'm praying for this morning. A church full of life changers. That we will not only change their eternal destination by what we're focusing on, but God, we will also be giving them tools to live that abundant life that Jesus talks about. God, I ask you to help us in this endeavor. Lord, I pray for next Sunday services that we will just knock it out of the park for you. And I give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name I pray.